Hi and welcome back to Alan Carr's Easy Way podcast. My name's Colleen Dwyer. I'm a senior Alan Carr's Easy Way therapist. I'm the presenter of our series of online video programs and I'm your podcast host. In this show, we're joined by Panos Zoras, who is our franchisee and therapist in Greece. Panos talks about his experiences as a smoker, how he quit smoking and his Alan Carr journey. We also have our usual segment, Addiction Central, with regular contributor John Dicey, who is the global CEO of Alan Carr's Easy Way. He is also co-author of Alan Carr Books and a senior Alan Carr's Easy Way therapist, who has helped millions of addicts to freedom over the last 25 years. John and I are hearing from listeners who have shared their success stories, and we also have some questions around habit versus addiction, cannabis use, and sugar use. If you'd like your questions answered, drop us a line on pod at alancar.com with whatever you'd like to say or any questions that you have. We're happy to answer any questions that you have about any addiction. Even if we don't actually feature your question in a future episode, we will personally reply to every single question we receive, providing you with detailed advice and guidance. So don't forget, get in touch on pod, P-O-D, at alancar.com. And do also check out alancar.com and see the host of addictions and issues Alancar's Easy Way has now been applied to. And here I am talking with Panos. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Panachuras, uh, and I am uh, Greek, and I am the franchisee and also a senior therapist in um, in Greece. It's brilliant that you're here joining us on the podcast. So, um, so Panos, tell me, how did you get into smoking? Uh, well, the first experiment cigarette, I think, I was about sixteen. Uh, was uh, we um, we all, all all the boys that put our pocket money, we bought a, a packet of cigarettes. And we were growing up fast by having a cigarette. Uh, so initially, we, you know, I had that experience that everybody almost have, uh, that the cigarette was bitter or, the, I mean, the, the taste, and it was like, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't any nice experience. But it seems we we thought it was something um, naughty and something we uh, we we will enjoy eventually doing because everybody was enjoying it. So we, we thought we might initially we thought we maybe were doing something wrong. So we tried again and again, and eventually we start liking it. Funny enough, um, and then um, yeah, I started smoking, um, and it was I don't know, but in Greece at that time when I started smoking, I mean it was like about what forty years ago. It was um, well, it wasn't that everybody was accepting it, but it was something very extremely social. Um, nobody, uh, I, sometimes they, even the grandpas that were giving us cigarettes, uh, or they said, oh, when you grow up, you, you'll be able to smoke. Like it was something we were waiting forward to do because it was like something like, you no know, uh, a forbidden pleasure that we were eventually going to get when we are older. So, ah, uh, yes, that was, that's all how it started. And then obviously, you know, I started buying my own packets and, it was uh, smoking everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny how society has changed, you know, back in the day where it was almost expected of you to become a smoker and now it's it would be regarded as, you know, really awful to suggest to a child that, oh, it's inevitable, you're going to be a smoker. Yeah, it's true. It's very, very true. It's like I, I, I cannot believe, even when I'm looking back to myself, when I was smoking one cigarette after the other, because I was a really good smoker. I was up to three and a half uh, packs a day. Uh, I remember it like I was one of these smokers. I mean, that doesn't exist anymore. But I was, I'm one of these kind of smokers that I was smoking the last cigarettes in bed. And then, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, and then in the morning, I was starting my day before I even get off the bed with a cigarette. Uh, it, I mean, it was this, now think about it, is I cannot even believe how I slept with the whole, the whole smoke in my bedroom. Uh, even today, the most uh, smokers that are even you know, they, don't, they go outside to smoke as well. Uh, so at least they realize how awful the cigarettes sm- smell. But at that time, it seems like you convinced yourself that it was all right, or it wasn't any bad smell around. <laughs> You're enjoying it. It's amazing how brain you can not only other people can brainwash you by the information they give you and how you grow up, but I think it's also how you brainwash yourself to believe that what you do is. Uh, it's nice. You're enjoying it. Um, I mean, the vile taste is never changes. It's always the same. But suddenly, like you, it doesn't really matter. You, it's worth worth it to uh, go through that vile smell or um, taste just to 
get the pleasure of smoking. What's it like in Greece now? Are they quite restrictive? Well, I think uh, Greeks, they were the last to, um, uh, to go on the line uh, because they're even, I think, three years ago, uh, it was um, other franchisees from around the world of Alan Carr. Uh, they sent me a video of our um, health minister smoking in the... Um, uh, yeah, in the minister as a place, and I thought it was like, disgusting. It was like appalling uh, because he was the minister of health, and he was smoking uh, in the building that he was um, not allowed to smoke. Well, now that's it. We have obviously we have a new government now. All that changed, and the new government reinforced the the law, so you, nobody smokes anywhere now. So inside the buildings, in the public transport, is strictly uh, no smoking. It's a big penalty as well. So yeah, that's that's thing changes. Then go for that because before even about three years ago, you could go to clubs and you, it was it was everywhere. A sticker says uh, like you know um, smoking not allowed, but everybody was everybody was smoking. Uh, but now it's like the the law is um, in place, so every, everybody is uh, behaving, and that's very good. <laughs> so did you try to quit smoking then, Panos? So what happened is like I love smoking. I was one of the people they would say I die with holding a cigarette in my hand. Uh, it was the uh, I I was thinking sometimes that if I stop smoking, what what why is the reason to leave? You know, it's the pleasure of life, uh, and probably that's why I was a chain smoker. I think also like now thinking back to myself, I think the reason I could smoke so much because uh, before that, when I was really young and when I was a child, between like when I started uh, doing, um, uh, I was a runner, I was a sprinter from uh, seven to uh, about fifteen, just before I started smoking. So I was really running every day for about four hundred kilometers, but very quickly. Um, so I think my lungs were very; they had a huge capacity. So I think now to um, everybody out there that they smoke a lot, I think they have to have the uh, the built their uh, the lungs, and uh, um, um, yeah, and the body I suppose to be able to inhale so fast and smoke so much. I don't think any everybody. Uh, ev I don't think that all smokers can become uh, chain smokers. So uh, anyway, I was one of them. Uh, so I was smoking one cigarette after the other, and um, eventually the the time catch up with me. I, I, I was twenty five, then I was uh, thirty, and then when I passed thirty, I became thirty. I think thirty four. I started having all the symptoms uh, of a heavy smoker. Uh, I didn't want to take stairs anymore. I used the lift a lot. Um, I was, uh, but the most disgusting thing it started really annoying me a lot. It was uh, when I was coughing. I was <coughs> having some, um, yeah. And um, I thought, you know what, I have to do something. My chest was hurting. And eventually um, I had a trip. I, I was going on holidays and I, I came to London. I met a friend of mine, he's from uh, from Italy. And I was complaining about my smoking and how I spent the cigarettes were in England. My God, I forgot to buy it from Duty Free. And it was like, I could not believe the price in London at the time. It was for 10 10 cigarettes was like six pounds at the time. And that's about, what, about 20, no, about 20 years ago. Anyway, so um, he, he mentioned Alan Carr and the method, and he stopped with that way. Uh, and he said, uh, but I said, you know, I remember my first reaction. He said, I don't want to stop. <laughs> I wanted to um, control my smoking. <laughs> I wanted to have the pleasurable cigarettes, but not, um, no, I don't want to stop. No, 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 no. I wanted to had the control so I could smoke the cigarettes that I enjoy and not smoke the other ones I didn't enjoy. So anyway, I um I went to the to the court to the court to Alan Carr's seminar and um you're sitting down and you from the even before you arrive to the seminar you're wondering what will I hear? Because obviously I asked my friend, you know, uh, I had my objections, obviously. I said, I'm not going to go there and tell me about my lungs and my my uh, clot, uh, blood vessels and all that. And he says, no, no, it's, 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 a, you know, it's a very light seminar. It's um, uh, enjoyable. And I think the catalyst in the whole, my decision to go to the seminar was when he mentioned that I will smoke throughout the seminar. <laughs> like, yay, smoking, oh, wow. So... <laughs> 
I went to the seminar. It was other happy other smokers there. They're not happy, I can tell you, because if we were happy, there was no reason to be there. Mm. <laughs> so um, we were all said our little story, you know, in the, when we had the breaks. And um, I'll tell you, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, you, you think uh, when the seminar comes to the end and you leave, you think, how on earth didn't I come to these conclusions on my own? You know, it's so obvious. Why could I so see it? It's, it's in front of me and it's happening every day. How could I not notice it? But, you know, you don't. It's, I think you don't. I think it's, it's, it's amazing, but you don't. Anyway, I left and I was delighted. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know what happened, but I didn't want to smoke. That was it. I didn't want to smoke. The only thing I remember is like I, every time I saw a cigarette, a, a smoker in the street, I was giving him the number. I said, "Go there, go there. You're gonna, you know, <laughs> you can make it. You can make it." <laughs> were, you, were you very popular or not <laughs> with the smokers? <laughs> I have to tell you, it was. Um, I think because when you are ex-smoker and you approach a smoker and say, like, you know, I was a smoker. Uh, would you like? Do you think? Do you think sometimes to stop smoking? Everybody says yes. But if you go and say, you know, take this, you're going to stop smoking. You say, no, I don't want to stop smoking. But if you present yourself like, I'm an ex-smoker and I stop smoking and, you know, uh, you know how do you feel? Oh, you don't say you stop. You say, oh, I'm a, I was a smoker. Um, oh, do you like smoking? And he will tell you like, oh, sometimes, yeah, but most of the times I don't. That's more or less the answer I got from all the smokers. The, it depends how you present yourself. The enemy or somebody who is sort of a companion or somebody who could help. So do you remember anything particularly, Panos, from the seminar that really struck you? Because you say it was all very obvious, you know, and it, it, well, I suppose the thing that struck you was that you hadn't joined the dots yourself, that you hadn't recognised the trap, would you say? Yeah, that, that's correct. I think um, what it struck me, it was that... Um, first that uh, it was that I was I think that it, that's, that's I think that it was what it struck me that it wasn't my choice that I was smoking uh, I thought hold on a minute can you just repeat that and explain to me <laughs> and uh, you think like yeah uh, oh my god and then you realise hold on a minute am I forced literally to do something that I haven't chose to do uh, and yes, that's what is happening. You know, you're smoking and it's not your choice. You think it is, but it's not. And once you grip on that, you think like, hold on a minute, am I doing something I don't really want? Is something that then something or someone or somehow I'm, I'm doing and I, I'm not even enjoying it because if I'm enjoying it, why am I here? And you make the question to yourself, hold on a minute, if I'm a happy smoker, because I remember they, they, in the answer, in the questionnaire, it was like, it was, are you a happy smoker? Of course I am. <laughs> And then you, the question, the obvious question is like, okay, well, if you are a happy smoker, why are you here trying to quit smoking? And you hold a minute. Yeah, you're right. You know, it was so simple. If I was a happy smoker, why I was there? Why I wanted to uh, quit smoking? And uh, then one, as you say, like all the dots, you know, suddenly they came together and you, you can see the big picture. You know, it's like a little puzzles, you know, if, few of them are missing, or a lot of them are missing, you'll never see the real picture or what is happening. But all the puzzles are there. And I think what uh, the method of Alan Carr is doing, you uh, put all the puzzles with instructions of where to go, and then once you see the whole picture of it, you're stunned. You cannot believe how you managed to fool yourself to uh, that you like smoking, that you're enjoying it, that it's your own choice. Yeah, yeah, you, 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 it's you, you designing to kill your body and, you know, have all that um, uh, stinkiness and, uh, you know, you, you're liking it and you pay for it. Wow, what about that? You pay for it. So I'm glad I'm, uh, um, I escaped because I thought, uh, yes, uh, when you first hear the seminar, it's like escaping sounds like, oh, well, if I'm a prisoner, am I really? <laughs> Yeah, you don't really want to accept all these in the first place because you think you are a smart guy, you know, uh, you're educated. Uh, I mean, oh, come on, you know, of course, you know, uh, it's not, as you say, it's not that dramatic. But eventually, you know, once it's sunk in, you think like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. But it takes some time. I think it, it took me a few months later after I 
quit smoking with the seminar of Alankar and um, to realize, to have that full realization of like, oh my God, you know, yes, now it's, you know, I can see clearly that uh, it was, you know, it was the most stupid decision I made in my entire life, you know, to start smoking but hey. Uh, the good thing is like, you know, as you say, I escaped and um, um, I didn't have any, I didn't come to any um, situations that I was forced to smoke, to stop smoking. Like, you know, if I was sick or I got cancer or, you know, a heart attack or anything like that. So I stopped long before that. So <laughs> always, always good. Yes. Yeah. And you say it took a couple of months, you know, after you quit smoking, then you got a bit of a realisation, maybe with a bit of time and distance, you, your perception, you could see clearly, wow, you know, I really did get away with, you, you know, something quite awful, you know, I got away from something that was terrible, that trap was really awful. But in the, t in the few months leading up to that realisation, how did you feel about not smoking? Were you trying to... Was it, were you using willpower to not smoke? Were you struggling to not smoke? Uh, no. I tell you what, you know, the realisation, as I said before, uh, it was coming through um, observing other smokers. Because then, you know, um, you could see yourself in the past. You were saying exactly what they say. And then you walk in the room, it stinks, and you think like, oh my God, it stinks. Nobody, nobody, all the smokers are there. And then nobody's, what do you mean? No, it's fine. You know, they don't even have a clue what's going on. So, um, and that's what you start realizing, oh my God, I was one of them. I was doing, I was saying exactly the same things that these, uh, my friends, but my friends, some of them, yeah, uh, these people say, and it was amazing that, <clears throat> you, you, that's, that was with the realization. Also, it's like, you know, um, uh, uh, coughing and you know, and nobody was paying attention. It was something was of they were ex they were experiencing it as something was normal, uh, but it wasn't. And that's what you know, realize when you realize that I was like this, and now I'm not anymore. Um, willpower? No, I didn't. I didn't use willpower at all. Uh, although in the beginning, I didn't. I didn't realize what it was willpower. Why it wasn't? Uh, but um, uh, when it was mentioned in the, in the seminar. But when I got out, I realized that uh, I didn't uh, made, the, made any effort not to smoke. It was something that um, I decided not to smoke anymore and not to do anymore. And the reason was because I didn't want to smoke anymore. Uh, it was explained to me very, um, um, uh, very clearly that um, the um, uh, uh, physical addiction was almost uh, nearly to zero. It was a lot of examples they given me was I could understand, and then I experienced it myself. Uh, and also, it's like the that the mental addiction that was the main my main problem, and I could see it literally that not when the other smokers are there, uh, smoking. And no, no willpower at all. No, it was like I didn't want to smoke, and I think the moment I didn't, didn't I decided not to smoke that I didn't want to smoke, that was the end of it. It was like blink. It was like magic. Yeah, and when I became um, a therapist, um, I thought I was the only one. Maybe that that's you know that magic happened, but I, I could see it happened around me all the time, which is very 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 nice to be able to you know uh, um, transfer that magic around the world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Why did you why did you become a therapist then, and or why did you? Oh, okay. Yeah, that was that was another story. So what happens like you know, Greeks big families basically. So I was Easter, I was in uh, in my hometown in Rhodes, and uh, you know, I think um, the Easter table is feels about uh, thirty people, which like, you know, uh, uncles, aunts, cousins, you know, name it, they're always there. So and guess what, you know, uh, the meal is finished. And what's happening? We're talking about Greeks, yeah? So we were, let's say, 30 people there, 29, apart from me, lit cigarette. Uh, it was like, you see, like, a sort of smoke coming off the table. <laughs> so I, I made a comment, like, oh my God, you know, it was the first time I saw that, that's, I've noticed it, actually, all that smoke coming out uh, the, the table. And, um, 
uh, I said, oh, my God. So somebody said, uh, you lucky you stopped smoking. I thought, hold on a minute. Uh, you know, what do you mean lucky? So I grabbed that. And then the other ones, they said, oh, yeah, you know, I wish I could stop smoking as well. But, you know, I like it too much or I can't or I tried and failed it. So it was different. So it, it seems like it was everybody was interested of what did I do to stop smoking? Uh, but some of them said, well, could you find out if we could do it in Greek? Because they didn't speak English. I said, OK. So uh, I did um, uh, try to find out. And... To my surprise, there were not a uh, uh, Greek uh, language uh, for uh, the method. So I thought, uh, okay, so I, I wrote in, I said, well, you know, do you know anybody that could do it? No, nobody was available in Greek. Um, and then the idea born. I thought, oh my God, what about if I take over? Uh, and then I wrote to, um, uh, uh, I wrote in, I sent an email, I said, like, hi, my name is this and this. I stopped smoking in England, in London, and now I like to um, uh, become a franchise in Greece because I can't find anybody here, and it's a lot of um, you know there's a lot of interest. So and that's how I started. Uh, so all my family stopped smoking. Everybody was very keen. They wanted to stop smoking. So I said okay. So we tried it, and I'm very pleased that even today nobody's smoking. Uh, that's very, very good. Uh, all my friends are non-smokers. All my families are non-smokers. Yeah. So it's like, yes, <laughs> a success. Were you following them around after that? Your no, actually, I, I, was, I was. I thought about. I thought everything before because you know it was. Um, we arranged a month later. So for that month, I was very. Uh, I was preparing myself. Uh, what if they do that? What if, they, if that happens? What if the other happens? What if they say that or these and the other? Uh, so. I was more. Pre- I was prepared uh, for almost everything, and then I thought, uh, once I did the session, I let I I would leave them to their own, because I didn't want them to be. I didn't want to them to feel like they. I was their crunch that it would have to come every time. They have to, you know, build them themselves that sort of power to say no. I don't want to. Uh, you know, uh, but if they wanted to help, I, they were more than welcome. But um, no, it's the same with my clients today. I mean, anybody could reach out to me and say, oh, you know what, I'm having a, a funny moment or I'm thinking about it. Why do I do that? And, you know, uh, I, they get the answer. And once they get the answer to why that happens to them, it seems like that, that fear dissolves. It's like it disappears because just because you they know why it's happening. It's like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. And so how long ago was that then, Panos, when you first started um, doing the therapy? So it, it scares me sometimes how long time ago it is. So it's 2000, 2005. Wow. And what's it been like, you know, do, taking the message out to uh, Greece and transferring the, the magic? I tell you, it is, um, I think that um, uh, through the seminars, I met incredible people uh, uh, from different parts of the society and some of them I would never be able to meet or I wouldn't have a chance or because I wouldn't be in their circle. So actress, actresses, singers, famous people in Greece, um, uh, businessmen, name it. It's like it's, uh, CEOs of different companies. It's amazing the, the variety of people that I met through the seminar. And um, uh, it, it's, very, uh, it's very nice because even, the, you know, it, um, everyday people, um, it's, it's amazing to meet interesting personalities as well um, uh, of uh, everyday characters, uh, mothers and, and, you know, housewives and uh, name it. It's all amazing. Uh, and the reason is because everybody has their own, um, um, uh, created a little own world about smoking. And it's interesting to uh see their reactions <laughs> when um or when they're arriving uh to the seminar or when they're leaving but usually like what I'm, it makes me laugh um uh, in the beginning it didn't but now it does when uh, sometimes um we have some uh smokers they walk into the seminar they're arriving and the moment they arrive the first thing they say if i stop smoking everybody will <laughs> i'm the real smoker <laughs> Uh, exactly the real smoker so um, but that makes me laugh nowadays because you know I've seen it so many times I think how many people they believe that they are the only ones they are, they are the ones but we're all the same unfortunately we all fall in the same trap so but 
Yeah, I'm very glad to help a lot of people. We then um, uh, in the, the method spread like wildfire in Greece. Uh, we had um, um, a lot of companies um, uh, join us uh, um, to do the to the seminars for the employees. Uh, unfortunately, later on, we had like you know Greece was hit by the the the, the financial crisis. And lasted about nine years. And once we started getting out of it, another slap came with the coronavirus. You know, God, <laughs> you know what? But still, though, um, we have um, the seminars are running. Uh, we through the COVID, uh, we managed to have. Um, I think like you know, everybody was doing the same. You know, have the seminars through the um, uh, internet. Um, and uh, yes, and now it's like we slowly we're going back to um, uh, to running them again. Brilliant. And do you do them? Do you um, do them all over Greece then, Panos? Yes. And online as well. And online as well, yes. Do you see uh, vaping uh, becoming a thing? Yes, that's another thing. You know, we have now um, uh, lots of smokers. They are the classic ones. You know, the the cigarettes. Then they're having the other ones. They're coming with the icons. They have the impression that that's not a smoking. Once if they um, uh, attended the seminar, they realized that you know uh, you are nicotine addicts. Now, regardless how you take the nicotine, um, you're still an addict. One of the the example I, I give is like you no, know, if I'm a heroin addict and I stop injecting it, but I take a pill uh, instead, would I would that change my addiction? No, I'm still addicted to heroin, but. I'm not in, in you know injecting it, but I'm just you know taking by orally, but <laughs> just, that doesn't change it. That doesn't change the addiction, but yeah. And then they get it, but uh, but my question all the time is uh, when they arrive, uh, they try to defend themselves. My always my question is, if you enjoying it, why are you here? Where, what do you think you'd have been doing, Panos, if you didn't quit smoking? But today I'm 55. I will be having a, maybe you be in, now. It's like I'm, I'm running up and downstairs. I'm very energetic. Uh, everybody says I don't look at my age. Um, uh, yeah. When I was uh, uh, surprisingly when I was a smoker, I was overweight. Now I have the best body I ever had. I think in my entire life. Uh, I lost weight as well when um, when I stopped smoking. It came to the point that I'm walking a lot now. I'm, uh, I'm taking the stairs. I'm exercising every now and then. I discovered cycling. Wow, cycling, and also like swimming. Because I mean, I'm a dolphin. You know, I'm born in Greece, so that's that's something that um, I've gone back to. You're doing great work in Greece, so uh, the Greek smokers are in safe hands. Um, so thank you very, very much. Thank you very much for having me. Lovely to see you. This is Addiction Central. Addiction Central. We want to air your success stories, answer your questions, and provide advice. If I'm charged, has it worked for you? This advice is free of charge. We'll answer every question we receive with no exception. Contact us now at pod at allencar.com. Great to see you again. Great to see you, John. <laughs> um, have we had a jingle yet? We've got your jingle. <laughs> no, what about yours? Your jingle, the battle of the jingles. It was rubbish. My one. <laughs> I thought yours was really good. I, I, yeah, I think we should use both of them. We could alternate it, I suppose. <laughs> well, oh, you know, uh, variety is the spice of life and, uh, and all that. But uh, so it's going well. We had loads and loads of questions come in, uh, coming to pod at alancar.com. Um, so many, I, I don't really know where to start. I mean, we've got, this is really important i suppose that listeners think uh, you know tell us what 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 you want is do you want to hear more from people who have had difficulties do you want to hear more success stories what um uh, let's see how it goes but i think i've pulled out the most interesting ones i think um so shall i get cracking yeah we've asked people we've asked people for success stories as well haven't we we've got a couple of those to start uh, start off with just a uh, I don't know if you found this when you're supporting um, smokers or any other addicts online. We have these sort of sort of social media groups. It's really easy for the people in those groups to get the wrong impression about the method because, generally speaking, most of the people who are um, feel they they want to join a social media group, Facebook group, for example, for stopping smoking with with Alan Carr. Um, are those that are struggling 
that makes sense because I, most people read the book or watch the online video program or come to a seminar and uh, they're fine and dandy. Um, those that struggle generally find their ways in, their way into these sort of groups, um, which can give the impression actually, oh look, all these people are struggling with it. Uh, well, actually, um, you know, that's just a tiny, tiny number of people out of however many millions there are around the world that um, have been successful. So uh, every now and again, we, we, we touch on a success story because I think they're great to see anyway. Um, here we go here. So this is from Joe, who I think is in the UK. Um, uh, he says, I'm 27 years old. Uh, and after 10 years of being a nicotine addict, I'm almost three months free from having had a, a 40, 40 plus roll up cigarettes a day. Um, I'm now transforming my body through weight training and exercise. Uh, before, when I was a smoker, he's saying, uh, I stopped caring about everyone, not even wanting to look after my three-year-old nephew, as I would rather be smoking my car in a fast food car park. Kind of we all, I think most smokers can relate to that, can't they? I mean, I remember sort of cutting short visits to my parents because I was desperate to get away. I didn't smoke in front of them, so I thought, I wouldn't stay long periods with them. I'd sort of shoot off. And I think once you're free, you do get those those brilliant moments, don't you, where you realise what you've, what you've escaped from. Anyway, Joe says, uh, as a professional musician, I stopped caring about playing music. Um, but now I have my favourite uh, pastime back. Okay, since learning during the uh, in-person session that nicotine is a, like a toxic relationship that never did anything good for me, I'm now getting much better at uh, giving everything, everything of myself to everything and everyone. So it's quite a dramatic change Joe's describing. Uh, well, this one, it does get emotional. You get these all the time, don't you? But whenever you read them, I don't know about you, it's just sort of, it's just a, such an impact on people's lives. Uh, it brings uh, me tears and joy to say my whole world has changed and Alan Carr and the wonderful team have saved my life. Uh, Please, if you're unsure, book an in-person session, uh, pay in instalments. Uh, so far, I've saved £700, $1,000, something like that, uh, with with what I've not smoked. So putting the money away and saving a fortune. It's just lovely to, to get messages like this. And another short, shortish one. Um, I thought I'd just pick out a few that were quite interesting. Um, this is from... Um, Fernanda in Cuenca, Ecuador, which is uh, South America. 16 years ago, I used to be a smoker, more than 20 cigarettes a day, but thanks to Alan Carr's method, I quit my addiction easily and definitely uh, it's changed my life in so many ways. I'm so grateful uh, because of that. Uh, would like to learn the method so I can help people to quit this terrible addiction. Is there any way to be part of the team? It's quite an interesting question we do get applications from all over the world all the time from people who want to get involved and it's brilliant um so anybody who did want to get involved from anywhere in the world just get in touch with us via alancar.com um it's a contact us i think it's a top right hand corner drop down menu uh, become an alan car therapist and uh, we're, we're really grateful for all of the uh, the uh, applications we receive there's all the details and how to apply and everything like that on there so that's the, uh, now we've got to some people having sort of questions about uh, the method. Um, is this too boring for people to hear me, you know, just basically reading out those messages there? Or do you think this, that's okay? I like it. I like hearing about it. And it's all relatable, isn't it, as well? You know, you think about your own freedom. And, and it's a good point that you made as well, John, that... You don't, you don't shout about it from the rooftops when you... Well, I mean, you do talk about the fact that you've quit smoking but not everyone is interested in the fact that you've quit smoking and and it's such a big um change for the individual but you don't you don't uh necessarily talk about it all the time so it's it's um it's nice to hear it it's just nice to hear how people are feeling because it's such um a profound impact it has on their on their life that's you know what joe was saying about um spending more time with um you know family members that that's so profound i mean it doesn't sound when in the sentence that you you know when you say it, it doesn't um 
I don't know if, but but because I can exp- I can relate to that because I have the exact same thing. Cutting short bedtime stories, you know, trying to curtail the my nieces and nephews' excitement about going to the park because I was like, oh no, we're not staying too long. Do you know, don't don't get overexcited, because and all because of blooming nic- nicotine. And uh, you know that that that's I'm so grateful. You know, I don't know how you felt like reading it out, but for the last twenty years, I haven't had that. Thing in my life just like dictating and so no I, I find it very interesting but I, I am you know this is what maybe we're I should focus on maybe I should focus on delivering better you know uh, 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 more smooth reading of the feedback of the, uh, of, the of, of what's been sent in I should work harder at that oh crikey I've got to do that now anyway but, um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, give myself a mountain to climb. But but no, it's, it's not just smoking, is it? It's pretty much any drug or behaviour you're addicted to. When you sort of look look back on what you've escaped from, it really is incredible. It's joyous sort of thing. Um, and sometimes that's what... Um, you know, people forget what they've escaped from, don't they? It's, sort of a, it's a bit like sort of... You can't remember a headache, what a, the pain of a headache, or the pain of a broken arm. Because if you could... The brain doesn't let you remember that pain because if it did, if you thought about your broken arm, it, you'd feel the pain. It'd be awful. Um, and similar to bad experiences, quite often the brain kind of processes them. And the further and further away you get from them, the sort of less bad it seems. You know, but that's it's quite a good good to get a reminder of what it is everyone's um, everyone's escaped from. Okay, okay. What have we got here? Um, okay, this is uh, was that. The last one was from somebody in the, who, who loved music as well, wasn't it? How a musician. That? Yeah. Uh, this is someone else, as it happened, uh, um, uh, coincidentally, from someone else in the uh, the music business. We do have loads of people along, don't we? I mean, really, it's uh, uh, quite a few of the uh, celebrity endorsements we had are from, from great musicians and one-to-one sessions as well. And um, Anyway, let me... Let me read Tom's, uh, Tom from I don't know where, I forgot to put where he's from, uh, let me read his question. Um, I'm attending a seminar today, okay, so this was uh, last week, so hopefully you're fine Tom. I've smoked since I was 14, but on a sober day found myself never really going over five cigarettes a day. I smoked a lot of weed from the age of 14 to 21, but found it easy to give up once it turned on me. Working in the music industry, when drugs and alcohol come into the play, come into play, I can easily smoke a pack a day. Yet when I'm sober, sometimes I can go as far as a week without even craving a cigarette. Uh, cravings have increased over time, of course. I enjoy it combined with other things. Um, so I think we're saying smoking and drinking, smoking and doing this, or whatever else. Um, but not so worried, not so bothered when I'm sober. I still want to quit, but being more habitual rather than on the addictive side, will this help? So, uh, so I failed to, to improve my reading on the first <laughs> attempt. But anyway, everyone's got the, the gist of what uh, what Tom's saying there. Um, I would say anybody attending a seminar, you know, most people won't have any problems. But in the unlikely event they do, just get straight back in touch with the uh, the seminar centre. They're always happy to hear from people. That's, the best way to get further support after that. Um, and I think sometimes people in sort of people in music are worried that um, it's all part of what they do, their performance or their creative side or whatever. But it is reassuring for them to know that we have a, so many big, big musicians come along who say, you know, it, it didn't, it, they thought it was, they relied on it for their creative process, but actually it, did, it didn't. It was really just one of those sort of excuses uh, for carrying on smoking. I think Chrissy Hines said as much in her autobiography, um, and she, uh, like Nikki Glazer, stopped smoking and eventually then stopped drinking. I think with the method as well. And you know, I was amazed because I, you know, loved Chrissy Hines when I was a kid. Uh, one of the first singles I bought, Brass in Pocket. So I was reading her autobiography, and just amazed to stumble across this bit. She mentions Alan Carr's Easy Way. It's brilliant, and even at the back, it's an epilogue where she, you know, writes some sort of half a page about 
her experience with the method and basically encouraging people, you know, you can be who you are without without the drugs, without without smoking, without without whatever. So that's good. So um, so what's the question in a nutshell? And it is awkward because of because I've already answered these questions. I've written back to the, the people who've written in. Quite, <laughs> see, I don't want to just read those answers out really. Um, but in, in terms of addiction versus habit, so so on one hand, Tom. It's not going to be any easier for you because you're more on the habitual side than the addictive side, in your words. Um, but you're still going to find it easy. And I think somebody says, I'll go you know, days or weeks without smoking, so I can't be addicted. Well, I think that's not the case. I think what that, what that process illustrates is what we say is that the, the, the physical withdrawal from the drug is very mild. So mild they can go days, weeks without, without, without smoking. What, what has them go back to it, um, and it's whether smoking, alcohol or whatever it might be, is, is what's going on in their mind, uh, the mental process they go through, go through when they think about it. Um, and it's the, their addiction to the drug that has them assume they do enjoy it, they get something from it, which, you know, a week or two after they've actually taken the drug, they've been clean all that time, they just they feel they can't enjoy that big night out without it. So this is really something more focused around sort of casual smokers, isn't it really? Social smokers. Like some people might say, oh, you know, it's not so much that I'm addicted, I'm just bored or, you know, that's why I was doing it. I'm not so much addicted, I'm just, you know, I just like it with a drink. And, and we get confused, don't we? But actually it is the addiction that's kind of, um, that, that's the prompt, isn't it? So um, Two reasons why we, why we take the drug. One is because we're addicted and the other is we've been brainwashed into thinking the drug does something for us and that's because of the addiction. Somebody goes a long period of time without cigarettes or whatever, uh, they just prove that the, the withdrawal, they go through withdrawal, complete withdrawal without any problems at all. So that that's tick, that's really good news. Then the, the next part to cover is is to understand you know why you believe you get something out of that drug. Uh, and once you've understood that, you won't be inclined to... To, to 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 take it anymore. Oh, I did one other thing. I was this say because uh, Tom talked about you know when he's doing other stuff. That tends to be when he smokes. And just be careful of the other stuff, Tom. Whatever that is, um, because it's great that you stop smoking. Great you've escaped from weed if that was causing you a problem as well. So um, just look after yourself from that point of view. Okay, this is from Merrin, Melbourne, Australia who says she's read the book a couple of times, stopped for eight months once, uh, fell in with a group of people who were smoking marijuana, um, got hooked on those because they were mixed with tobacco, um, read it a couple of more times, got free again, got hooked again, uh, again through joints with tobacco in. Um, Marion describes... Uh, it's been through the rubbish bin two or three times after quitting. I mean, we've all done that, I'm pretty sure. The awful things we do when we're, we're, we're failing to, to quit. Um, skimmed the book twice more um, and stopped for a week or two um, and tried to use the notes I've taken from the book to stop as well. So it's a real one of those sort of stop, start, stop, start kind of situations for Merrin. And I think that that is an issue people have. Um, it becomes almost a cycle. There's, you know, so you have to do something to, to halt that process. Almost clutching at straws, trying to read it again and read the notes and, and whatever else. So I think the, the advice I've given Merrin really is just to, okay, stop. You know, don't try and quit now. Come up with a plan to quit rather than keep sort of grabbing at it uh, and what have you um, and I think we we give this warning to um, everybody who comes to the seminars uh, and it's in the latest uh, version of the, the book uh, Alan Carr's Easy Way to Quit Smoking just in terms of uh, joints now sort of uh, USA listeners probably aren't familiar with the facts in Europe and other parts of the world people mix um, marijuana or cannabis with tobacco and smoke it together and, and again other listeners are probably thinking god what are they talking about this for whatever so you know no judgment and we don't sort of endorse you know drug use or recommend it or anything like that but what we do is is give advice for those people for whom it might be a problem and 
that is um, if you if you want to uh, stop smoking um, and maybe not sure whether you want to uh, stop uh, smoking joints um, then it shouldn't cause you a problem as long as you uh, don't mix it mix it mix it with tobacco um, use a pipe use a bowl uh, have it neat hot knife it whatever you want to do with it as long as you don't mix with, with tobacco but it's much better much less unhealthy ways of, of using that sort of thing uh, other than sort of smoking it but that's that's really what the advice we give and and the fact that the downside the danger of it is people find it so free to stop smoking they're at a party two months down the line and there's a joint going around that's got tobacco in it and they think oh I can get away with it and have a puff bang straight back to smoking again you know it's one or two ways to either go back to smoking straight away literally back on 20 30 a day or they leave it what they think is this safe period of time for a few weeks and uh, they're in a similar situation and other joints floating about and think oh I got away with it then I can have this wrong you know Alan Carr was wrong I can have the occasional one so they have another uh, toke there and um, that seems to go fine but gradually the, the gaps between these moments get closer and closer together eventually they go back to smoking that's the way it always goes um, so that's what we say you know, not one puff or one cigarette cigar joint of tobacco in it will, will cause a problem um, so uh, and you, you come across it crosses often uh, in the seminars as well, Colleen, don't you? So the question does come up, doesn't it? Yeah, and people, you know, sometimes get um, confused because we're, we're saying, oh, you know, it's very easy to get off nicotine, but don't ever have it again. You know, like it's almost like, don't you don't don't mess with it. If um, if you think, oh, you know, well, it's not such a big deal. I can just have the odd one here, there, or you know, oh, well, maybe one will be quite nice. Well, then, you know, a million are going to be nice, and like, what you're going to do then? You're either going to feel deprived if you don't have that joint at the party that's kind of going around, or or you have it, and then, like like you say, John, you're you're on that slippery slope. So it doesn't. We we you know we just say once you're done with it, you're done with it. You don't need it. It doesn't improve anything. Doesn't it? Doesn't enhance anything um like you say if you if you want to do that other stuff then um it's 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 down to you but um just don't go into nicotine nicotine is is what you want to be free of and that's the way to do it just uh call time on it completely <laughs> absolutely and giving practical advice i think we've been criticized from time to time for giving sort of that practical advice you know having neat or use a pipe or whatever but i think it's just really important if, if people have a problem with um, cannabis, for example, um, and they struggle to quit and struggle to get free. Free, we we can help them with that. But if they come along to stop smoking, that's what they want help with. And the the the, the, the fact is, that's what we're there for. So we 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 provide that kind of advice. I think it's just important for people to realise that. Um, uh, in fact, quite often people are very happy, aren't they? <laughs> people who ask the question, they're going to worry they're going to have to stop smoking everything. Um, and actually, in a sort of a, a weird way, it's kind of encourages them. Oh, okay, so I don't have to, you know, I don't have to uh, stop smoking, uh, stop uh, drinking, or stop having weed if that's what they do, or whatever. As long as you don't mix it with tobacco, you'd be absolutely fine. Yeah. And um, so, what would you say, John, to. Because um, sometimes you do get it in a seminar where someone's in the seminar and they want to knock both of them on the head at the same time and there's also someone in the seminar who who doesn't who wants to hang on to um you know the cannabis and not and um just get rid of the nicotine so um you know so both, what would you say to someone who um who wanted to uh, do both of them at the same time yeah i think in most cases they if you want to quit both you quit both after the seminar, there really isn't a problem with it. If you decide you don't want to do it anymore, then that's cool. The the caveat I always put on that is if if you're quitting one because you think it might cause you to go back to smoking. So as people say, right, I'm not going to drink alcohol anymore for two weeks after the session um, because I'm worried. You know, when I smoke, uh, when I drink, that's when I smoke a lot. Um, we said no, just don't you know, carry on. Don't start drinking if you don't drink already. But do what you normally do when you normally do it, or when, once you've once you stopped. Um, as long as you don't do that, you can't go wrong. So to someone like that, 
you know, you probably said that if you if you really want to stop smoking weed and cigarettes, then you know the seminar will work for you. I'm sure you get free. You made that decision. Um, the principles of in terms of withdrawal and everything else are exactly the same. Um, so so yeah, it's kind of a, a, a fits all really in that. Um, those that, that um, have a real problem with weed, um, uh, we we look after them as well. We have sort of seminars for that for that as well. Uh, and there's this big discussion, isn't there? It's a sort of you know why why would people want to stop um, smoking weed? I've had people I know socially who have said that well, that's really weird. You're doing the sort of cannabis seminars, marijuana seminars. Why would you why would you do that? And I think it's just there are people who need help, and that's that's what what's driven everything we've done at Alan Carr is people come to us, and say, "Can you help me with this?" And invariably, we can. Um, and there are plenty of people out there who 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 get to the point when they want to stop uh, using weed and and struggle, and they need need some help, and that's where we come in, I suppose. And this next question is from. Um, Glenn in Sydney, Australia, and a similar question came in from uh, from Kathy, Kathy with a K, who I don't know where she's from. Sorry, Kathy, um, and that was they both uh, stopped um, smoking with the method and uh, other couple of other issues, uh, one each, different issues for each of them, um, all of which involved sort of taking taking in a drug. So, for example, we'd be smoking alcohol or vaping or whatever it might be, coke or whatever. Um, and the question is about um, sugar. So let me just read this out. This is from Glenn's Glenn in particular, this question. Uh, addiction seems to be such a large part of my life, having kicked both cigarettes and etc. I still struggle with daily substances like coffee and sugar. These feel more difficult to let go of, um, though they, the cost is still high in terms of health. Um, I would like to know how to go, go about stopping them with the same level of confidence I bought um, to stopping smoking. So, I think really the the question there is: is there a difference between stopping taking a drug and actually, well, you don't stop eating, you know, you don't stop. Uh, and um, well, I explained to, to Glenn in my, my five-page reply. saying <laughs> uh, was just along the lines of it, it, that is the main difference, and and with something like um, sugar addiction as well, um, you don't stop having sugar. We break it down into good sugar and bad sugar. Uh, the name of the book. Um, the same goes sort of within that good sugar, bad sugar is good carbs, bad carbs, that, that kind of thing. Um, and that's the main difference, that you're continuing to take a version of the, the, the ingredient that's causing you a problem. You're taking a good version rather than the, rather than the bad version that causes you sort of so many problems. Um, and, and therefore, because you continue to sort of consume sugar, you continue, people say it's carb free, but it, it really isn't. There's loads of, you get loads of good carbs. Uh, in the uh, on the good sugar bad sugar program, and they um, they make sure you take the, the keep the good stuff and, and get rid of the bad stuff. And because you're carrying on taking in sugar of a, of a particular time, I think for that reason it's easy to sometimes not even make a mistake. But you go out for dinner, you, you're at a party, something like that happens. You suddenly realise you've had something maybe you wish you hadn't, and um, that's the difference with that kind of thing and I uh, I talked to Glenn about the uh, the rumble strip do you remember the rumble strip do you, are you familiar, familiar with that it's a rumble strips are uh, this bits on carriageways uh, roads that stop you sort of if you veer off the road it, it sends a judder through your car to, if, if you fall asleep it wakes you up it just gets you back on track um, I think that's the difference with um, with sugar other issues that don't involve you sort of consuming the drug um, a specific drug um, you have the rumble strip so the, 
when, when you if you notice you've kind of gone off track a little bit, hit the rumble strip, it puts you puts straight back into the the straight and narrow very happily. You don't sort of suddenly go, oh crikey, I hit the rumble strip. Oh, I might as well just career off the road and end up in a ditch. Um, and to some people, that sounds a bit like willpower. You know, oh, so you've got to keep on the straight and narrow. It's not so much that, because um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't hit the rumble strip in the road uh, and then think, well, hang on, did I use willpower to, to to come back into the lane? You don't use willpower. It's just a little warning sign. Or in your slot in as you normally normally would do if that makes sense so I don't really have any other light to, to throw on that Colleen but that's a, pretty much the, one of the main differences I would say is that, that um, there's one specific drug here and yeah yeah because with nicotine the the rule is you know hard and fast and um you know you just don't go there you you don't take it again and it's easily avoided you know like you, you're not gonna the, the waiter's not going to accidentally put on a, a dressing containing nicotine. But um, whereas with, um, you know, uh, sugar, you're reliant on other people, um, you know, and dressings and stuff. So, yeah, you might get sugar into your into your body. But like you say, John, if just treat it like that because your body will react. You, you will know. Um, and so treat it as that little warning to kind of uh, nudge you right back into the uh, the correct lane, the path you want to be on. So um, yeah, I th I, th I think it's a very good question because w because um, with nicotine it is such a clear, defined, you know, distinct right. I will never take nicotine in any form ever again. And people quite understandably they they think right. Shall I adopt that kind of hard and fast rule when it comes to um, uh, stopping sugar? But I think you you've got to acknowledge the differences between those two two things. You don't you don't um, you don't have to uh, uh, have the same uh, attitude. You can you can be a bit more um, forgiving <laughs> when it comes to uh, to the sugar. Yeah, I think that's the, and that's that's the key thing is it's part of life. Nicotine isn't part of anybody's life, if that makes sense. If you've got a problem with alcohol, it's it ceases to be part of your life. Uh, cocaine, you you get away from it, it ceases to be part of your life. With sugar, because there's kind of there's no such thing as you know good cocaine and bad cocaine. It's sort of it, you're in or you're out. Uh, with sugar, because there's a fine a kind of fine line between the two, um, it, it's easy. It's e easy to um, just drift away sometimes or whatever. So it's really just a case of using the rumble strip accordingly. No one, no one in right minds drives along the rumble strip. It's been very uncomfortable. With you spend your whole life whole, whole life doing that fact, I said that, that tobacco isn't part of anyone's life I know you read um, last week I read something about how tobacco is becoming more and more popular with companies appealing to youngsters um, in terms of some groovy um, restaurants like to have tobacco something featured on the menu drinks um, fashion, um, uh, fashionable confectionery, that kind of thing. So I think maybe that is a changing thing. Uh, people are kind of toying with it a little bit, uh, a little bit more. Um, uh, well, both really. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really. I'll try and dig out the piece from the next um, for the next episode because I just found it quite interesting that you do. You know, I've definitely seen. Um, some countries they're, they're they're putting tobacco into sort of soft drinks that kind of thing cocktails that elements of tobacco that kind of thing which is just really, really weird and, oh i'd leave it i'd leave that alone if i was you you know it's <laughs> sort of what off would you would you be toying with that but um but there we go so uh, that, that other point with in terms of you know, the other, the, one of the other things that we help people with that don't involve taking a drug, you've got stuff like fear of flying, which obviously, well, that's uh, um, uh, eliminating that fear rather than eliminating something from your body. Debt uh, or junk spending, really effective in that those terms where you, you, you don't stop spending. You have to spend money or you, you can't buy 
food, you can't pay rent or mortgage or whatever else. You can't really avoid debt because obviously if you have a mortgage, it goes with the territory. So again, if you like good sugar, bad sugar, good debt, bad debt. So the, 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 these other elements of the method don't involve you know, cessation of a drug. Gambling is an interesting one. I mean, the gambling method has helped so many people. I'm so proud of it as well, just because um, there's not much help out there. You know, a very good friend of the family, um, partner had a problem with, uh, with gambling, and I sort of tried to look for a bit of help. This before we had a program for it, but tried to look for a bit of help, and really, it was really difficult. We heard of these organisations like Gamble Aware or whatever, and you visited websites and think, well, it's all sort of paying lip service to it, really. I mean, they're, they're funded by the, the gambling industry. Um, I think it was Gamblers Anonymous, and I phoned them up just to try to check it out and see. And you know, the guy I spoke to seemed like more of a problem than <laughs> than the, the friend of a friend that needed help. If, if that makes sense, really very very difficult. Um, so having you know produced produced a program, uh, really really well received. I think the book, the online video program. Um, but again, it's not. It's not. You're not taking a drug. It's something going on in the, the mind and the body when you when you gamble. And, but millions and millions of people gamble; and they don't have a problem with it. But for those that do have a problem with it, it's nice that there's got there's some help for them there. And I don't know whether you know when we were creating the gambling program, we looked at where where, where does it, where does it stop being um, fun? That makes sense. And if you notice, the gambling adverts all use that phrase. The, the warning for gambling now is, you know, when the fun stops, stop, or something like that. And the word fun is in big golden letters, diamond encrusted letters, fun, when the fun, you know, some kind of warning, really. It's subliminally, it's getting through to the uh, to youngsters that, that uh, that's, what, that's what it is. And, and I think we identified the, the, the where, where where the fun stops, and I think you think of kids. You sure you're the same? You're running around all the time. You know, we play football for seven hours on a, a Saturday until the, until it got too dark. You know, it'd probably be fifteen aside football, and um, uh, you don't run out of energy ever. You just keep you keep going, you keep going, and uh, even those circumstances, quite often somebody go right, race you to the lamppost, and off everyone will go and. For no reason other than someone said, let's race. And you, and if you won, you felt on top of the world. And if you lost, you just, oh, well, never mind, no big deal. That, that, that's pure fun. That's the most natural thing um, that, that wild animals or humans do, that, that kind of behaviour. Um, where it changes is at some imperceptible stage where somebody says, I'll race you to the lamppost the winner gets, gets a quid from everyone. That that kind of thing. So it's a, exactly the same activity. But every eight people in the race, one pound in, and uh, the winner gets there, get wins seven quid from the other from the other seven. Something that was really natural, really normal, really pure fun, suddenly becomes different. So for starters, the person who wins the race doesn't just have celebrate the celebration's the same. They've got the money, they've won. Um, so they mistake the, that celebration, that feeling they would have got when they'd done it for nothing, with being involved with the money. So the money gets the credit for that, that feeling of victory. And for, the, for the, the people who didn't win, all of a sudden the jeopardy isn't just uh, losing a race. Losing a bit of face, if that, but um, all of a sudden it's cost money. And, uh, and so the, the high is believed to be higher by the person who won, and the low is perceived to be lower by the people who lost. And that's where, that's where the fun stops, and it, 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 it seeps into every aspect of, of um, our lives these days. Uh, but it's a, it's a brilliant project to work on, and it's just 
so upsetting now and I'm not a holier than thou. I don't mind people gambling or whatever else. I, I feel for people who have a gambling problem though because it's everywhere. It's not the national lottery but you know, I was listening to the, uh, a soccer match on the radio uh, at the weekend and you know, during the game they're giving out the odds. You know, the, 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 the match presentation is sponsored by a betting company and they're giving, okay, the odds on Ivan Tony being the next goal scorer or whatever they were and the the, the gambling industry has you know, deliberately you know infected sport with it um, where where it's not just about the match I go to soccer matches often and there's some young lads uh, standing around uh, near, where, nearby and they're looking on their phones all the time they're going to catch they've all got bets on all of a sudden it's not just about the game it's about something else going on as well kind of corrupts that enjoyment so uh, anyone with a gambling issue it really is it really is easy to get back to that perfect natural um, sense of fun um, by removing removing gambling um, from your life but uh, so it's interesting there's so many differences between the different addictions and behaviors aren't they I'm mean, sure there's some people think oh we just cross out the word cigarette or smoking and put in alcohol or whatever else. I wish it was that easy, but never, it never is. There's so many, it's the same, it's the same model, that, but it's really, there's so many considerations that are different between, between one and the other. Well, listen, oh, that's really good. Now, just for the recap, recap for the benefit of the listeners, what do we want to know? Get to us on podallencar.com. Um, tell us what you want us to talk about. You know, ideas, suggestions, any addiction that you, need advice about or a bit of guidance on as I say before we answer every single one anyway even if we don't cover them uh, in the program but um, okay is that is that a wrap yeah that's it that's a wrap thank you very much John thank you very much Panos and thank you to all the listeners for writing in um, and until next time